Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jesus, would you look who it is? Long time now, see? The Oakley, still working for the Carbone. That was the Oakley, still acting the bollocks. That's gas. Give the shatty alone. I will, yeah. You're some gobble. He's bleeding massive. Ah, there. Who's your man? from australia yes i'm in sydney today well the intro of this part here is in sydney the interview itself is in melbourne melbourne um i think i've been a different location for the last few episodes we've had fiji we've had melbourne and sydney god knows where i'm going to be next it could be adelaide it could be <laughs> it could be kazakhstan i don't know could be anywhere who knows but anyway i'm bringing you these episodes as i get them as i travel around hostels and try and find little pockets of quiet spots to talk to these people i'm on Austra- obviously i'm on aussie time so it's great to chat to an aussie legend and i was like while i'm in australia i obviously want to try and get somebody from home and away because i'm a huge fan since i was like you know we all were in ireland like we all know that if you came home at lunchtime you watched home and away before you went back to school or if you watched in the evenings, it was like Neighbours at Half Five, Simpsons at Six and Home and Away at Half Six. And like, we all did it. It was just a, such a routine, like when I think about it now. Um, so we've only ever had one person on the podcast before who was from Home and Away, and that was Sam Atwell, who played Kane. Um, if you don't remember him, he was years ago. He was married to Kirsty. Um, he attacked her sister, Danny, um, and all the family hated him, but then he kind of rescued loads of them. And, you know, it was a big thing. Anyway, he was brilliant to chat to. He actually le- now lives in Ireland and works for RTE. So like it was, you know, strange. He's worked on Fair City and Kin and all these big shows. So if you're a Home and Away fan and you remember Kane, scroll back and that is there for you. Um, yeah, it's mad. He's an Irish citizen now and everything. Um, but it is 38 years of Home Away. And to people at home who are like, did you say 30 with a H? Sorry, I've been traveling and people have been slagging my accent so much. So here I go again. 30. There you go. 38. Um, 38 years of home away. Yeah, it's really strange having to keep. I have to keep pronouncing my H's over here because if I say anything that sounds like with TH, I'm just getting like people are asking me to repeat it and laughing and say it again and say potato. Can't be asked. Um, so if you're like me, yeah, you've grown up with home and away, like depending on your age, it doesn't really matter because I think we all had this, you know, system in place, our parents and uh, we just all grew up into this little routine and we remember people like Donald Fisher and um, when he was at Marilyn and then Marilyn was with John Palmer and they're both single. Um, Duncan, Pippa, Sam, who went on to Bondi Rescue then. He was a lifeguard. There's big stars that come out of it like Chris Hemsworth, obviously the biggest one, Isla Fisher. Like there's huge names that have been in all these shows uh, or been in Home and Away, which is incredible. Um, and it's really weird when you're like, oh my God, I remember Chris Hemsworth as Kim Hyde. Like, do you know what I mean? Everyone's like Thor. And I'm like, mm, Chris Hyde. <laughs> um, and we have another superstar because we have Shane Whittington today, who is the legend, John Palmer. Uh, see, I, I can't even say, yeah, you say it in an Aussie accent. It's John Palmer, but like John Palmer is the way they say it. And when he came into the show, he had, came with his son, Trey. He was like this really angry army dad. And he was with Gina. Then she died and he got with Marilyn and now he's single and he's been he's been scammed by like a woman who tried to take all his money and all this stuff. Um, I remember his son had put a bomb under a bus. It was all scandalous. Now he's like a staple of Summer Bay and he's in the surf club and the diner and you'll see him all the time. And he's always getting involved with everyone's business um, and he's a legend. And Shane is a legend. It's so incredible. I met him a few times when I used to live in Australia and I used to go up to uh, Palm Beach to see him away being filmed. So that was really cool. Like anyone who goes there has probably met him because he's always around and he's so nice. He'll always come home and take pictures and stuff like that. Now, to give it a little bit of a heads up, if you're listening to this episode, when I was interviewing him, there was a massive storm in Sydney. And I know if you're Irish, you're like, haha, it's not always beautiful weather. Fantastic. Well, this had a massive storm. So um, Shane was caught up into it for a little bit at the start. So there's a 
couple of points where the audio dips in or it might be a bit loud and that's because of the thunder. Um, like you can't hear the thunder, but you can just kind of hear that there's it's a bit of audio dip. So stick with us because the storm passes and we have a great chat and some great stories at the end. And we give a shout out. Um, we have a mutual friend who works on Homeway called Damo Macy, who if anyone's ever been up to Palm Beach and you're Irish, you probably have met him because he's one of the roadies there and he's so nice. And we just love him. And so does uh, Shane. So anyway, that's enough of me whittling on. Uh, I'm going to leave you here with the legend that is Mr. John Palmer, a.k.a. Shane Whittington. Nicola. Hello. <laughs> Very good. Let me just turn you down. We're in the middle of an enormous um, tropical storm. Are you in Sydney? I'm in Melbourne. Well, lucky you. So now we get these amazing downfalls that are a bit frightening. We're in between two at the moment. One's just gone through and another one's just about to start. So um, it's probably a good time. Are you, how are you enjoying Australia? Yeah, I love it. Like, I'm having a great time. Too much of a good time, unfortunately. That's the problem. <laughs> well, you're Irish, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this your first trip here? No, I used to live here for... I lived oh, in Sydney exactly. for 14 months and I lived in Melbourne for a while as well. So it's just a bit traumatising for me now coming back and seeing everywhere I loved. Yeah, I know. It would be boring about Sydney's women. I'll stop letting me do <laughs> Not at all. I need to be prepared for what I'm going to see when I get there. You were filming all day today, I believe. Yes, yes. And as I say, it was very hot. And some days it just can just take it out of you. And now tonight, of course, I'm learning lines tomorrow. So, <laughs> it never ends. Always. But it's good fun, I've got to say. Well, I've so much I want to chat to you about because obviously, you know, Irish people, we know the connection. You know, we love Home and Away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we have hundreds of them. Plus, check it out. Irish people make it back. Amazing. Yeah, all the time up coming up to Palm Beach to meet you guys and come to all the like PAs and everything you do. But like, did you want to be an actor when you were younger or how did that kind of come about? Yes, it's pretty strange. I was going to be a horseman. What, a jackaroo. You know, you know what a jackaroo is? Mm. Yeah. So I was going to be a horseman as a boy. So I had the, the romantic notion of, you know, white shirts on stallions. But um, it was an awful lot of hard work. Um, that's what frightened me. And I was on a property in the in North Queensland. It was 203 square miles was how big the property was. Like Belgium. And a cyclone came through, cyclone tracing. And it sort of wiped a lot of it sort of off the map a bit uh, and destroyed a lot of stuff. And I came back and I wasn't very good at being a jackaroo. And my mother said, look, there's an ad in the paper here for a scholarship, a theatre scholarship in Brisbane called the Elizabethan Bequest Scholarship. And so I went, oh, okay. Um, and I had been in the Piano the Theatre in mm. Wimba uh, before that. And so oh, I'll give it a go. And so I went down and had to do two contrasting pieces, the drama bit, the comedy, and a song and dance routine. And I did my song and dance routine. The raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> uh, and when it came time to do it, the little cassette player I had wouldn't work. And then, oh, oh, dear, oh, dear, I'm sorry. Are you all right? No, I can't get the recorder to work. Just do it without the music. So I was like, rum, rum. Felt like a complete idiot. And after it had all gone by, an ice cream van came past and it was playing. Raindrops keep falling on my head. And I ran back in going, hey, 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 look, 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 look I, can, I can do it here. And they said, look, don't worry about it. You've won. You've won the scholarship. So that's how oh, my God. And then we would tour by train. We'd get all the props and sets and put them in one carriage. We had sleepers that all the actors were in, lights off. And we'd go from town to town to town, putting up the sets, doing the show, pack it all back in the train, sleep the next night. It was a wonderful introduction to the show business. Well, and a very different introduction than a lot of people like today. They would never, you know, young actors starting out today would never have that journey. No, these are young ones. <laughs> don't know when they've got it good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to sleep on trains and cart like trucks full of gear with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we'd get shunted at night from, from siding to siding. And these railway workers would get on board and say, what livestock have you got on board? Some would say actors. <laughs> but it was great, a terrific... Um, a terrific, while well, I was 16, it was a terrific way to uh, get into the business and fall in love with it. And did it make you fall in love with it or did it make you realise how hard it was going to be? Well, I had it fairly easy because I was the, the, the blonde-haired boy with scholarship. A lot of bitter old actors hanging around to go really. But when I came down to Sydney after having the scholarship, that's when I realised what a tough 
tough gig it is. I've been fairly lucky, but gee, it's not a, an easy road to climb. No, because I feel like even though Australia is so massive, it's quite, quite like kind of like Ireland in a different way that the the pool of acting, there might be some amazing talent, but the amount of shows being made is not enough to give everyone a go. To a word that never spoken. We were lucky. I, well, maybe the last generation of actor to uh, just just live his whole life, his her whole life, um, as an actor to go from job to job to job. Because when I was younger, you know, and I started at 16, um, you could go, you could do a play and that'll give you some money for a while. Then you could get an ad for some horrendous product and that would keep you going for a while. <laughs> um, then you would do a little bit of theatre restaurant. Uh, then you could do some voiceovers for a while. Uh, then you'd go to, from Sydney, you'd go to Melbourne because there was production in Melbourne, there was production in Adelaide, and you could just sort of bump your way around doing shows quite itinerantly mm-hmm. um, and, and just survive as an actor. There were very lean days, uh, but you were you were employed by just by being a performer, and that's where you learnt your craft. So I was very lucky. It's not like that now. It's much, much harder for the kids to... Um, to go from gig to gig to gig. It doesn't happen. So what was your first kind of breakthrough role then that kind of was on screen? I'd done a lot, but I, it would have to be a country practice for the first. Yeah. I played a friend of Jones, friend of the Molly. Uh, that was an enormous... <laughs> we wondered what hit us. Uh, we went from being... We were always working out... The good thing about the cast of country practice is that we weren't stars. We never thought we were anything special. Still don't. I mean, people think, gee, you're famous. You know, they're a famous monkeys. They're a famous tree. So being well known it doesn't doesn't make it really talented. But we um we did the country practice and it was just the biggest thing to hit the country. Uh it was uh, it's still Molly and Brendan's but the Molly Death thing uh is still the highest rating moment in the history of Australian television. So we became incredibly famous. And uh that really changed our lives. Much. Can't imagine going from like, you know, as you were going on trains and looking around and then suddenly everybody knows who you are. That must be the weirdest sensation. Yes, it was. It was. It, it was really, really odd. We got, you get used to it. And generally it's a nice, it's a nice generally it's a nice thing. Most people are really lovely. Uh, so it's not too bad. Sometimes, because I, I ended up marrying Molly, she's my wife. And so sometimes when we go to uh, country town, it's like a royal visit. It's that sort of <laughs> people ring each other and say, guess who's in the cafe? And they all come down. But as I say, generally they're really nice people. Yeah, well, like, but I know that if I met two actors from my favourite show and then they turn out to be together in real life, I'd be staring across the table just being like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but you're Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, people, they generally, they mean well. Yeah, so I, I very rarely get the odd cuckoo. <laughs> I love the odd cuckoo story, though. You know, yeah. everybody who's been in the limelight has a few of them. Oh, we had a few today. Well, a lot of people come to watch this film. They all know where we are now, and they mean well. But uh, some people are there a bit odd, and they 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 just don't know where their place is when they like outside the house. Not they're actually in the show. And what was it like when a country practice finished? Because obviously it had been such a change for you. Like a, this was the defining moment and, you know, then you're like, it's over. Crap. I have to go back to being a job and actor again. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like that. I, When I left, I made, immediately made another TV series with one of the actors in it, Dr. Simon Bowen, played by John Bodwell. We made a show called Willing and Able and we put a lot of money and time and effort into that show and it was fantastic. But, the, the networks put the highest rating American show up against Alf. We don't remember Alf was talking public, but it was the highest rating show in the United States. And so they tried to kill it and we'd move and they'd move it. So we were effectively killed by other networks. But that was a great show. I had a lot of fun. Then I made another show called Flying Doctors. Uh, and then I made another show called, I forget the name of it now. <laughs> Dog's Head Bay, uh, which wasn't really big at all. It was that was a turkey for us. But I kept getting work, and I, in the end, I decided just inside myself, I would rather just do voice work, uh, which I love. And so I made a lot of cartoons and ads and 
and Paulus figures. He really, really enjoyed that for about 10 years. He really gave up the business. I would have given it up. And then I got a phone call saying, oh, do you want to make a movie? And I said, who is it? Paul Hogan uh, and uh, Michael Caine. Uh, yeah, show me the script. So I read the script, and that was Strange Bedfellows, which is a very successful film here. And from that, I got asked to go and make a series and blah, blah. And so it's been such good. It's been a nice ride. Lovely ride. That's so amazing to kind of have like a second wave, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to, to to essentially like you had moved on in your career and mm. focus on something else and then a phone call can change everything. And it certainly did. So that's the, the odd thing about uh, being an actor at camp, top of the hat. I've got a dear old friend, dear old acting, so I'm never giving it up. I'm never going to give it up because two weeks ago I was sitting here lamenting my lot and today I'm on an island having lunch with a beautiful woman making a movie. So I'm Never going to chuck it in. <laughs> I suppose that gives hope, though, even in a non-acting capacity. There's so many people in jobs that kind of think, oh, I missed my chance because I'm not, you know, in my 20s anymore or whatever. And it could just mean that just right now is not good. But five years down the line, you could get a call for that dream job. Too true. I say to the young actors, don't judge your career annually. Don't judge it by the year. Judge it by decades. Because we can all have dreadful years. Uh Young kids go, oh, I didn't get, I didn't get a single audition last year. So this obviously all led on to Home and Away then, I assume? Yeah, when I finished the series called Out of the Blue, it was a British-Australian co-production, I was playing a Texas when the leading detective in it. I finished and walked out, and oddly enough, walking in the car park was um, Cam, Cam Welsh, who was producing Home and Away, Home and Away at the time, and said, you want to come in and do some time on home and away. And I said, yeah, I, I, but I don't want to do it. Normally you get 12 weeks, 12 mm. weeks, 12 weeks. I said, don't want that. I want, a, I want a year. I'd like to call a year, please. So the reason I did that was that I could have a paid holiday for my wife and daughter. That's what I did. <laughs> and when I'm there, I will give you, we'll do a year. And then one year's old into another. And it's 15 years ago. Wow. That's how long. Very <laughs> long. Oh, that must, that's a very big deal because I know I talk to a lot of actors and they say that, you know, these rolling contracts can be, you know, really annoying because you don't mm. know if you're mm. going to be killed off cause, to save money or whatever. Mm. Mm. True, true. We're all on a 12 week still, even though I've got a much longer contract. Now, every 12 weeks can be reviewed and that can go well. Thanks a lot, people. Oh, God. That's, that's a pain in the arse. <laughs> it is a total pain in the arse. Uh, yeah, it is. Right, that's to cover them in case you do something wrong, criminal, or something. Ah, no, Brilliant. you, sorry, Doug, yeah, you, you've been on social media uh, dressed as Hitler. You, you've got to go now. Uh, yeah. That's to cover them. And I haven't yeah. been on social media. Before. You, like, like, you're, like, every single time you're posting something, you're like, am I getting fired? Um, how many weeks <laughs> into my 12 weeks am I? <laughs> no, I'm very careful about what I post. I'm aware, I'm aware of who's with my fan base. And there's such a young turnover as well in, in Home and Away. Like you must see like, you know, there's obviously the amazing established actors who've been there for so long, like, you know, Ray and Ada and all that. And then you look at these young ones coming in and you you like, you must be like, don't post anything too bad. Be careful, you know, just. No, I I love, I adore the young actors coming through. I, I, I love them. Uh, and I've just loved the ones I've worked with over the years. And they still keep in touch. Almost every single one of them still keep in touch with me, which I'm really flattered by. And I see the new ones coming in now, and I, I watch them, and uh, here's an opportunity for me to steal all their ideas, and I do. <laughs> um, I I really feel invigorated working with the young actors, because it takes a lot of fun you know, to get up in front of an audience, viewing audience of 50 million, uh, and do your stick. Uh, and these kids, are, they've, got, they've got a lot of guts. I don't direct them or tell them what to do. I just I listen, I look and learn. I think it's hard for them in a way, the younger ones, because there's been so many success stories that have come out of Home and Away. Yeah. You know, with like Chris Hemsworth, just even as an example, you know. And mm. so like if you're coming joining at eighteen, are you meant to just go with the flow or do you try and be like, I now have to be the next Chris Hemsworth, I have to be the next, you know, big name? You know, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, some try to be the next Chris Hemsworth Hemsworth. Yeah. I always say that don't worry about what you look like. Don't worry about what you look like. That's immaterial. And just be the character. Be the man. Be the person. Be the, be that person. Well, being that person, it'll work. Don't worry about angles. 
to hear uh, the character that was improved. Yeah, some of them try and bring influence to varying degrees of success. And the ones that make it really big, sometimes I'm quite, quite surprised. They generally, they've all got a, you know, the amount of talent, otherwise it wouldn't be there. They've all auditioned and screen tests. Uh, the ones that have gone on to do huge things, some of them quite surprising. But, but you watch them grow as performers, and they go, oh, I see. Yeah, and like, but then as well, there's an, a weird success thing because they're huge in Australia, huge in the UK, huge in Ireland. But they, if they're going to break Hollywood, they're just a number in a group, you know. Mm-hmm, that's true. Although they they do the American producers do watch our show because they know that the kids that have been through their apprenticeship of their, their first three year contract, they know that they will hopefully generally turn up on time. They will know their lines. They know what what market They know not to throw a shadow. All the all the and know banana to walk around cameras and shots and over shoulders. They understand the basics of oh, very, the making of, of television. So that's a really big job for a director to have a kid that goes, yeah, I'm spot on, I know what you want. So that, that's a good training ground. Yeah, every soap actor I've, I've spoken to has said there used to be a stigma around soap acting, but now it's the best learning curve because you have to learn all the different cameras and you have to be very quick with a turnover of your lines you know, it's not like a movie where you've got three months to get it all perfect. This is like you've got three hours. Go, go, go. Oh, that's true. We, we call walking in the buildings take one. <laughs> Just walking on the sets take one. Now you've got to be prepared. You've got to have it together. Uh, the majority have. Some some do Some turn up late and we all tuck, tuck. Quite our fingers. What can you do? Well, I'm sure they get they learn pretty quickly not to be at that anymore when, when everyone's standing around going. <laughs> yeah, well, the first assistant say, we had a young actor, I won't say who it was, just recently, a new arrival in the show, who a lovely boy, lovely, lovely boy, but uh, he was working, you know, it's a real vacuum, we're turning out a lot of television, he decided oh. uh, he was hungry and disappeared. So where's so-and-so? Oh, he's gone to get a hamburger. <laughs> he left the building to go and get a hamburger. Came back with his hamburger and said, no, no, uh, that's what we don't do. You don't do that. Oh God! <laughs> but just no, I don't. Just imagine him being on like any job in your first couple of days, and you think it's okay to get lunch, and you just go in, and everyone's <laughs> yelling. Yeah, it was very funny. We all looked at each other and we laughed. Just sheer, sheer innocent. Um, <laughs> that won't happen again. <laughs> oh my God! Like John Palmer now is iconic at this stage. You know, he's an iconic character. Like, what did they tell you about him when you first got it? Like, what were they? What was the like? This is the bio of John. The brief. Well, I'll tell you, it was nothing like what John Palmer is now. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the brief was an ex-naval dad uh, who was angry about his son, Trey, way, way, mm. way back. He put a bomb under him. But John Palmer was a bomb disposal expert. Oh, I remember this storyline. I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'll have him disposing many bombs anymore, but I thought that's a decent brief, but there's no legs in it. Um, I'll make him an angry dad, but I'll make him an angry, funny dad, uh, and just see if we go, see if that that would be better. And I did, and um, they seem to like it. Now they write the song. I love playing him. I love playing him. I really do. I'm really very insecure and jealous, greedy. He's he's can't be. But I feel you still have to go. Oh, the poor father, give him a go. He's tightening his money, so. I, I really enjoy uh, being all the things in John that you have to hide whenever you're yourself. Yeah, he's definitely like the angry John that arrived. He's not, as you say, he's not the same, but he's also like a bit blunt and a bit of, brings the bit of comedy when they, you know there might be a serious storyline and then John comes in and says something inappropriate or yes, like yes. foot and mouth. Yes, <laughs> yes, John has no filter whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I love him. I love all that. Yeah, I remember the John's first wife. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but I'm, I used to love them too as a storyline. And then when he got with Mar- Marilyn, I was like, I don't know if I love this. And then, of course, I did. No, oh, that's very nice. It was Sonia Todd uh, was the actress who played John's first wife. She was just tremendous, tremendous actress and has gone on to do a million things uh, uh, as well. And, of course, yes, the, the, the uh, John Marilyn years were uh, fraught and uh, funny and that was good. That, that, was, that was a good couple together. And the stories were, you know, genuine and funny and warm. Uh, now, John alone is, I think it's worth exploring loneliness uh, for him. I like, I like the fact that I don't know, have you seen the golf episode over there yet? Where they, where they, where John and Ginsburg thing? 
No, not yet. Go on. Just lovely. He brings this thing. He wants everybody he wants to find people to go with him. No one wants to go with him. It's so boring. So I really, <laughs> I really like that. I really like it. And he was a bit heartbroken. No one wanted to be with him. And I think it's important to explore avenues like that for older people. But people get getting there. So I don't think they're going to stitch John up with anyone. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's very important to do that because sometimes in soaps, as soon as they become single, they write in a new romance and it's like, it doesn't happen like that in real life. Like, you could no, be really no. sad for two years. Yeah, years and years. I, I, I think being the moment is a good thing. And of course, uh, uh, Susan came into John's life and ripped him off blind. And that was a great story. Yeah. Too, when John saw this beautiful woman who was interested in him and immediately got up himself and thought he was the egg fan. It was just a lovely reaction for that. He just thought he was king of the world. Poor, poor John is heartbroken. We all felt sorry for him. We were like, oh, and you kind of go, he could nearly see it happening to somebody in real life. And, you know, you're kind of going, oh, God. Well, it does, though, as you know. It happens mm. only, only men and women. They weren't taken in by the choices. Terrible good. But he's in a much happier place now. There's big stuff coming. Nice stuff. Nice stuff. This jealousy, jealousy drives him off for yeah. He's envious, envious of what other people have. So drives us into a whole lovely storyline. I imagine, though, the fans are always at you saying they want, you know, Marilyn and John back together all the time. I'd say that you're getting it in the ear all the time. <laughs> yeah, they, they really enjoy They absolutely love that. And the writers for, for their own reasons uh, broke us up. They had more legs than I thought. But, uh, who am I? Question. I suppose they wanted to make, they obviously were like, Nobody in soap can be happy forever. That's the way it is. <laughs> they're, they're a perfectly happy couple that were going along really nicely. No, 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 no. We've got to have, have Marl and leave John for a house full of Maoris. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll wear that. <laughs> but then that brought in the Maori storyline, uh, the Maoris from, yeah, from New Zealand, and it was just wonderful. Uh, having it for me, that person, just that most terrific the, the Maori cultures and traditions. I was blown away by it. I was really impressed by the way they treat their elders. Elder, uh, and the way they treat each other and the respect they have for elders and uh, the Maori culture. It was uh, a real eye opener. And then big tip to the producers and writers for bringing the whole uh, New Zealand Maori thing in. Great move, great idea. Yeah, because it, it reflects real life. It's it's just like saying, you know, there are there's a great Kiwi population in Australia. Mm. Why are we pretending there isn't, you know? We're not there, yeah, yeah. And now we have indigenous actors as well. We've got that young Aboriginal boy who's blowing us away at the moment. Uh, ex Bangara dance company. He's, he's fantastic and enjoyed the room. John always hates everybody who comes into the bay immediately. Obviously. And, yeah, yeah. And then eventually get to like them and they get on, they get on with well. So I was looking forward to hating Stone Pile <laughs> and, and did, and it was good fun. And now we're Yeah, he always assumes everyone's a criminal or someone really bad. Oh, deeply he hates suspicious. them. Yeah, deeply suspicious when he knew Well, that's what started when young Will McDonald, who played Chet. When we yeah. first came into the show, John Hayden ended up being stuck. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, you look back, sometimes you see the old episodes of Home and Away, they do reruns, you know, from like years ago. Like it could be Donald Fisher when he had hair or it could be like John's first time. <laughs> and you go, hold on. Oh, yes, this storyline. You're like, this is John hated, you know, Marilyn, let's say. And then you go, we fast forward yeah. a year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And anybody knew, John had of anybody yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gas because I've seen uh, actually that um, Patrick and Sophie are traveling. Oh, around. Yeah, they're there now. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird to me because I'm like, I'm in their country and they're in mine and I find it really strange. <laughs> well, I owe them a sale. I'm not, well, I haven't seen him without a pint of Guinness in his hand. So <laughs> I was just having fun. When I went up to, I used to go up to Palm Beach quite a lot when I lived in Sydney. Hmm. And um, I must actually dig out, I have a picture with yourself actually from years oh, yeah. ago. I must send it to you. Um, but I met, who you'll obviously know, Damo, that works in the roadie crew. I know Damo very well. Yes, and he obviously loves Ireland. So he does. I was, he's messaging me and we were just kind of like, he was sending me pictures of them over in Ireland with the Guinness. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. Jesus, this is so weird. I'm going to be in Sydney next week and they're over in Dublin drinking Guinness. <laughs> yeah, also, will you be in Sydney next week? Yeah, in Sydney next week, yeah. Are you coming up? Well, this is so funny. Everyone is like, are you going to go to Home and Away? And I was like, Obviously, <laughs> I, used to, I used to get the L90 bus up. Like, what's that take an hour and a half to get to Palm Beach? But I was, I, it was a commitment. I did it. <laughs> oh, well done. You, we, all, we all know the L90 very well. It's funny you mentioned Damo, Damo on the crew. Damo's actually three times 
world champion Oh my God, he would never tell you that. And yet he could tell you every fact about Ireland that I don't know. <laughs> but he would never tell you bragging rights about himself. <laughs> no, never. Very modest man. I'd open with that. I'm current world champion. Yeah, I'm going to text him straight after this chat and be like, is there anything you need to tell me? <laughs> about your sailing, yeah. yeah. Tell your folks to me. You're big. You have um. You have big connection with sailing, though, like a long time, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. When I first came to Sydney, I got a job on a cruise ship as an actor, doing plays on a ship. Mm. And then I realised that every piece of water is connected to every other piece of water. I'm not sure. Like a boat. Came back. I fell in love with the sea. Um, I'm a solo yachtsman. I sail on my own, and I just do little passages up and down the coast. And it's my meditation, my therapy. You can't worry about it while you're sailing the boat. Think about anything else. The water is cure for a lot of things, isn't it? Even just sitting, like I went for a swim twice today, and it's just like, even just that, it clear, you, like you say, it clears your mind. All mm. the problems that you think are going on, they're suddenly gone. And all the maintenance of it, it's just something to do. And solo is great because you're on your own. But like, how would you get time to be sailing? Because you guys film long days. Mm, we do. Well, we work very hard. You know, some days we have off. I think I had this Monday off. Yeah, and it's like, what is it? Is it 38 years this year or 35 for Home Away? 38. Like 38 years, we've been watching you in our cold country with the rain as you guys are <laughs> running along the beaches in the sunshine. And we've been sitting there dreaming. So that's why Home Away is the reason there's so many Irish in this country. We're just like, we've been dreaming about it for years. Just been like, I'll move to Sydney and I'll be running along a beach someday. <laughs> like you can understand why, as we were saying earlier on about the young actors, why they want to work in a soap like Home and Away. When you get to spend like a lot of your time outside on the gorgeous weather, on the beach, running along, like, you know, to get the young acting job, like a young actor to get this job. It's it's a pretty good one to get. For those of you who are still watching, um, the storm that I was referring to has come and gone throughout the evening. So at the moment, we're all looking like we're going uh, to live through it. <laughs> um, I was saying about how how different it is for young kids today. If a kid, on, like let's say one of the young actors on Home and Away got an, a film role or a suggestion of a film role, like how much of that is a big deal? Like, Do they have to plan that a year in advance or if they want to stay on the show? Oh, yeah, three months. Uh, if you do something wrong, bang, you're out in three months. If you do, if you get another, if you get a film and the producers care about it and uh, are happy for you to make it, they will want to see the script, uh, and then you can have three months. So they, they, we're three written three months ahead, so the writers can write you out. I did a thing for Disney, Disney Plus last year, which I loved with uh, Ian. What's his name from uh, Game of Thrones? The, oh, Ian McKellen. No, Ian. Oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I've forgotten his name. Ian Glenn. Oh, yeah. Ian Glenn, marvellous actor. Uh, and at one stage you had to say, only you can repair this surfboard. And he bent down and handed me the surfboard. And I thought, I'm in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> but Home and Away were nice enough to let me out for that uh, and do a little bit of shooting uh, in that. So three months-ish. Okay, so not too bad. But like if, if someone said to you, there's an amazing film role, Brad Pitt, Bruce Willis, whoever, but it starts in two weeks. You can't do that. No, no, I can't. No, I can't. Um, they did say, would you like to make a film with Brad Pitt? And the fee was £10,000 a week, but I just couldn't raise the money. <laughs> uh, that's a joke. <laughs> oh, I, I love that joke. Fair play. Um, we were also chatting about um, some of the strange fans, you know, because, you know, being so well known, you can go along, you can go to Coles or Woolies and you you are known. And as you said, yourself and Annie get people that recognize you. Like, where is the weirdest or what is the weirdest thing that kind of sticks out for you? Oh, <laughs> me. Some I can't say. There was a woman who wrote me poetry <laughs> that was just obscene, really. Um we had we had one person who just wanted to be in the show so much that he dressed up as a bikey when he found out we were shooting bikey things, edged his way into shot. We said, mate, you can't you can't be in the show because you're you're not in the show. I'll go away then. 
Now, I'm really sorry. Um, you're not wearing the right, right wardrobe. You're not. You're not written in it. You can't actually be in the chuck. Um, I feel like that's me when I go to Palm Beach. I'm like, I have the home. I have the uniform, the school uniform, even though I'm much older than the age. I feel like I'm kind of like this, floating in, going. Hey. In shot. I'll get into shot. I'll get into shot. Um, it wasn't Brad Pitt, but there was another enormously successful American actor. I'm terrible with names tonight. But there was a huge American star who was having lunch at the real diner while we were filming in front of the diner. I can't remember who it was, someone huge. Um, and I said, I'll just go up and ask him to come and be in our show. Said, oh, don't be an idiot. He won't do that. <laughs> but yes, there are some very, very weird fans. There's, there's people who, well, a lot of people are very lonely. Like the, the weird one, it's rude for us to say they're weird, but the, the, the different ones are often quite lonely. There's one one lady that chases me around my local suburb constantly and just wants to talk for hours and hours. And I'm as, I'm as gentle as I can be, but sometimes, honey, I've got to go. I've got to go to work. <laughs> it's, you're like, it's Friday night. The pub is calling. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm being called by my wine. And I assume the Irish are lovely to you and respectful, I hope to God. Because are. We are always in Palm Beach. That's what I... I've noticed when I like I've been there six times. I'll be there again next week. So I hope. No, the, no the Irish are always hello Ireland. You're all just marvelous, and we love you. We really do. We are uh, you're funny uh, and, and respectful, and uh, you're terrific fans. And there's so many of you. So it's such a big thing. It makes us feel really happy that we're you know making Irish people happy watching our show. It, it, it makes me happy. I can't wait to get there. So I'll be, I'll be over there at one stage. Just like we were chatting about, uh, Sophie and Patrick are there, and um, they're having the ball. They're having a great time. But I yeah. believe uh, you are going to bring them out in your boat when they eventually get back to Australia. No, yeah, yeah, I will. I will take them for a sail. I, they all want to come. In fact, I'm taking George Mason. I can't remember what he played in, in Home and Away. Sadly, George, he's a Kiwi, big Kiwi, big blonde-haired Kiwi. Um, but I'll, I'm taking him out tomorrow to teach him how to sail. Like I say, all the young ones keep in touch with me, and I, I love it. I'm, I'm really, really glad that they do. I love it. Well, now I have to look up and I'm like, let's see. So I wonder, do I recognize him without asking, like without Googling who he was in Home and Away? Let's have a look at him. Oh, I do remember him. Oh, now what's... Um, Ash. 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 That's right. Yeah, Ash. Yes. Ash. He's been off making movies. In fact, the movie I made with um, uh, Disney Plus just recently, uh, Josh Kwong Tart was in it. And so was uh, it's, um, big George Mason. So, Ash. Well, like- I love that, that you guys keep in contact, you know, home and away, like to us, I suppose, watching, it definitely is a community show. It's definitely like you guys seem to get on and support each other throughout the years. And it's lovely to see that you keep in contact with these people after they leave. Yeah, I'm I'm really, really happy about that, too, because, uh, as I said, you work so hard and so such long hours together, you really become a family and they call it the, the home and away family. And it most definitely is. Uh and like when you go to make another show, it's funny you mentioned that because I, when I made that show for Disney, um, it was fantastic, but it wasn't the same as walking onto a home and away set because, of course, for the last 15 years, I know the cameraman, the sound map person, the props guys, the, the wardrobe girls, the, the other cast, and it really is, oh, hi, everyone. It's like coming, coming home to work, but with a whole brand new crew, it's, oh, who does what and who's what, and it's all a bit, bit weird, different different it wasn't as homey as home and away and uh, like as someone who stopped the set as I said a few times I have seen that you all chat to each other and it's not just the stars the cast you chat to the makeup girls and stuff like that and they're running out and they're fixing you up but they're also like having a bit of banter and stuff like that and there's so many actors and tv shows where they pretend to be like that so it's really nice that you guys actually mean it no no it's it's, we have to you have to we have 14 hours a day together You've mm-hmm. got to be nice to each other. And it just attracts – the, the bad ones don't stay. The, the villains don't stay. They, if, if someone's not – I don't think I can – can I swear on your podcast? We of have course no, you can, yeah. We have a no dickhead policy. Uh, so if someone turns up and they're a dickhead, sorry, off you go. <laughs> on your way. Uh, so there's not time for it. If anyone's listening and they're like, why did that really cool guy not last on the show? Now we know. And no yes. dickhead <laughs> policy. He was a dickhead. <laughs> so who are the non-dickheads? Who would you love to see come back, even if they've been killed off? Who would you love to bring back? Sonia Todd, who was my first wife on the show. In, Gina. In a 
Yep, Gina. Um, uh, young Will McDonald, who played my son, uh, Jet. I'd have him in a heartbeat. Um, oh, oh, many, many, many. Josh Quantar, um, I loved him. I love work. Oh, a lot of them, a lot of them. It's such a fun thing because if you enjoy what you do, you really want to keep doing it and bring bring those wonderful people back. Um, oh, there, there, there's thousands of people. Uh, the lady that played uh, Georgia, Georgia, who played um, Dean's mum, uh, just what a good actress for a start, mm. and what a fun person. You want the people who are fun. You want them. You want to have a laugh. You want to enjoy your day. You want all those people back. Yeah, you do. And like, I don't know if any of them ever told you, but like, obviously, as we mentioned, it's huge in Ireland. So many of those lads would have come over to Ireland to do the personal appearances. Now, we don't really have personal appearances in Ireland. Like, we're we're a very small country. We don't do what the UK do is, but there's home and away personal appearances. Oh. The, only, <laughs> the only ones we do, nightclub appearances. It's always like... You know, um, let's say Steve who played Brax or, you know, we had, uh, you know, uh, Kyle who played, I'm oh, no, sorry, uh, his, the guy who played Kyle who's, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Dan, who played, we had all the Braxtons and we yeah. had May, uh, the guy who played Mason. I can't remember his name now off the top of my head, his real name, but like we would have had all these people come over. Like Ray has been over loads of times to play, you know, to just appear and get people like, yeah. oh, Stuart, I've watched you for 30 years. Yeah, I was there a long time ago and loved it. Just adored Ireland and I, I adore the Irish. I keep saying, uh, I love your music, I love your culture, I love your heritage. Because uh, we in Australia, we have a heritage that is 60,000 years old and a heritage that's 230 years old. Mm. So we haven't quite got that, that, that background that you guys have with your culture. We're, we're a different lot down here, so I envy that in many ways. I've got a very good friend. Salvador Ryan, who's a, a, a preacher, um, no, he's not a preacher, he's a professor of theological history uh, at Maynooth College in Ireland. And so we, we correspond in writing and in WhatsApp. Um, I just sent him a whole lot of crosses that I got when I was in Ethiopia, so he's quite happy about that. Ireland's remarkably just plays such a, a large part in my life and in a lot of other Australians' lives. And I, since I've been here, it's been this strange sensation of, um, obviously I'm meeting a lot of Irish, but I'm meeting a lot of Australians who have traced their heritage. Um, and they're unlike the Americans in the way Americans will claim they're Irish without ever being there. Whereas Australians are, we are Australian with Irish heritage and someday we hope to be there. And I'm like, that's so lovely because so many of our country come to visit you. So I love when I meet Aussies in Ireland. I'm like, also, I'm like, why are you here? We rain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, rain lasts halfway through this. Yeah, uh, true. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've only been to Ireland once, but we, we we're aiming aiming to get back there because we just just adore the place, we adore the Irish. Well, just so you know, if, when you go there, you're going to be super famous. They're going to recognise you walking down the roads. No home and away star can just blend in. Speaking, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good at it. We wear disguise. My, my wife's a well-known actress too. And uh, we wear disguises and things when we go out into the country, but we just, it fails. It's like a royal visit whenever we go anywhere out in the bush. People ring each other and go, guess who's in the pub? Guess who's having dinner at this restaurant? Down they come. But it's it's flattering. It means they like your work. I mean, it would be different if they avoided you like the plague. In fact, I was we went on a holiday, my wife and I, to uh, Norfolk Island, this remarkable island in, in the Pacific there, and it's quite a, the people who live there are the descendants from the wreck of the, from the mutiny on the bounty. Uh, that's, they're all Blyes and that's Christians and they're all Christians, not Blyes. And, uh, we were driving along saying, we're not getting recognized very much. It's quite good, isn't it? And we're driving along a little hire car and listening to the local radio station, which was playing really good music. And all of a sudden on the radio station, you hear Shane Withington, we know you're on island. Uh, if you would like to come, please, to do a meet and greet with the children at the, you know, St. Saviour's School at 3.30 this afternoon, that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> That's never happened before. So I suppose we have to, don't we? Because we can't just ignore that. And so we turned up at the school, faithfully. Very funny. Very funny. Fine. It's an odd thing. I just was going to, I was just about to say before you said that story, did they call you Shane or did they call you your country practice name or did they call you John Patrick? Uh, they call yeah, you I, everything. Yeah, I, I answered for Brendan and Shane or, or John. Yeah, people still, I mean, I was I was 21 when I made a country practice. Yeah. I've had changed a little. 
<laughs> they still go, oh, Brendan, fantastic. It's always pleasant. Boys are very nice. Always very kind. People are very kind when they when they see me. Well, isn't that a nice thing to have your fame wrapped up in a nice way? Because there's so many people that get like abuse or social oh. media abuse or anything like that. And that's lovely to just know that when you meet your fans or meet people who just know you, they mightn't even be fans. They're not giving you shit. They're just happy. No, to they're not. They're not. They're doing none of that. Although I have a terrible uh, facial recognition disability. Uh, I don't take me a long time to remember a face. And so I wander around not knowing who anybody is around me, but everybody knows me. So people are going, oh thinking they know me socially, and I'm always going, do I know this person socially, or do they think they know me socially? <laughs> but mom, I spend a lot of my time in hell. <laughs> well, you've got a challenge now, because I'm meeting Damo next week up at the Yacht Club, so if you're there, I'm just not oh, going to say anything. I'm just going to arrive up and be like, mm, like this. Yeah, well, I, I, hopefully, <laughs> I'd remember you. Oh, you're meeting at the Yacht Club, how lovely. I'm, I'm sailing tomorrow, with as I say. God, well, okay, so if you see Damo walking with an Irish person next week, you're going to be questioning it. Is that Nicola? Is it? Even if she's got blonde hair or red hair. I don't, I think I'm on, I can't can't remember what day. I'm on only on one one day tomorrow, next week on location. So I hope that's the day you're there. Oh, hopefully. Very nice man. Very nice man. All the crew are too. That's that's the standard from the show. The crew are lovely. Well, that's what I've I experienced. The cast, the crew, I've never experienced anything like it where they don't make you feel like you're intruding when you're just watching them film or the cat. The, no, the, the no, crew no, aren't to you. When they come and watch us, I always get, I always get, I feel for them because it's so boring to watch. It really is. It takes such a long time to make it. You've got to have an over shoulder shot. You've got to do the wide shot. You've got to do the close ups. And then you've mm. got to do something. And then you've got the point of view. And so it just takes forever to do the same thing. And people come along thinking they're going to see a car chase or someone shot. And it's just a bunch of people standing in the sun talking. Until it's cut together, it just looks it looks very, very dreary. Well, I have to say, I didn't mind one time I went. It was all four Braxtons and it was Christmas. But it was filming, obviously, for like, I don't know, February or March or whatever. And it was scorching heat. And yeah. we were all in, me and my friend were in Christmas outfits and all four Braxtons were getting out of the water. And I was like, I don't mind this. I don't mind how many times they have to film this. <laughs> You're not just here for the script, are you? I was like, no, I'm really invested in this program. It's <laughs> the storyline, yeah. Well. well, look, I'm going to have to let you go, Shane, because like this, we finally got the good weather there, and I'm afraid the storm is going to come back. Um, ma- amazing to see 38 years of Home and Away and 15 years for yourself. I'm so glad that we got the chance to chat here and I'm so glad that the storm passed. We got to like even have more time than we thought we would. It's been great to hear about like your career and your time in Home and Away and like meeting all the Irish people. That has been amazing and hearing your stories. And it's just been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. It really means a lot for me to get a chance to talk to you today. Oh, look, I'm anyone that's so so devoted and and cares as much as you. It's a great pleasure. It's the very least I can do, Nicola. And uh, fingers crossed. I hope that uh, I see you next week on location. Yes, definitely. Enjoy your sailing. Lots of love to you. You too. Bye. 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 Well, I hope all you Home and Away fans enjoyed that. Or if you're not a Home and Away fan, you enjoyed it anyway. Uh, This year marks 38 years since Home and Away started. We all, as I mentioned, we all have history here within Ireland and the UK. Can you believe it's 38 years old? So there's going to be some big stuff coming up in the next couple of years ahead of the 40th. I'm going to guess there's going to be some big stunts, some surprises, some old faces returning, some leaving. Uh, we know that Sophie and Patrick, who played Ziggy and Dean, they have left and they're actually touring around Ireland as I make this episode. So that's absolutely gas that I'm over here and they're over there. Um, and if you're listening to this, hi guys, what's the crack? Actually, if you're a big fan of Patrick, I had him on my radio show when I was on Q102. So the episode is on Spotify. So if you head to, um, if you just put in Q102 Weekend Buzz and Patrick, that will come up um, or just Q102 Weekend Buzz. There's loads of episodes there and you can scroll down. So we were um, chatting. He was in Oz at the time and we had a great old chat. So definitely one if you're a Home Away fan. And obviously, as I mentioned, Sam Atwell's episode talking about playing Kane. If you scroll back, I think it's in season three. So it's probably about 12 episodes back this way um, so have a look listen to that but as you heard there Shane is so lovely like I absolutely love him um, I'll keep you updated if we meet up in Home and Away in sorry, Palm Beach next week I'll share the picture on Instagram of us the times we've met before and um, this time if we get to get a picture together but he's just like so nice I, like he'd give up his time 
Um, no problems at all. Even though there was a storm, he could have used that as an excuse. And like, so last year for this season of the podcast, I was meant to have this very big, mm, how do I describe Big American actor um, who used the storm that he was having in his local area as an excuse why not to come on and record. And I was on Zoom for like 45 minutes before and no one had told me until I contacted someone, his agent or something. And then he said postponed and has never been rescheduled. So that's just really kind of shitty. So uh, for me to get like Shane to sit through a storm, to have the crack, um, no bother to him and to, you know, wait until the storm passes to get some more info and stuff like that. That was just so nice. So he's really, really lovely. And if you are a fan, he's on Twitter at Ripper River. So R-I-P-P-E-R-R-I-V-E-R, Ripper River. So he tweets away there. So go and follow him on that. And hopefully we'll have some more Home and Away episodes and obviously on Neighbours as well. And uh, now that Neighbours are coming back. And if you are a Neighbours fan and this is your first time listening to it, scroll back a couple of episodes because I have Alan Fletcher, aka Dr. Carl Kennedy, uh, chatting away to me there. Um, but yeah, it's been lovely. Lovely to speak to these Aussie legends, despite the time difference. We've been getting them working out. So yeah, it's great. And um, obviously me and Shane are on the same time zone at the moment. But um, it's like we don't get to see many of our favourite Aussie soap stars on like Irish interviews or something like that. So it's, I'm so lucky and blessed that I got Alan and Shane. And hopefully we'll get some more. Anyway. I'm off to Sydney World Pride to dance the night away. I hope you all have a great weekend or week whenever you're listening to this. And please do share it. Please like, send me a message if you've enjoyed it, anything like that. I'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, share, rate, review, the usual crack you hear from all your favourite podcasts. We're only a little indie podcast. It's just me doing it all. So anything you can do to help other people find it is so amazing. Um, It's long and full. Have a great weekend. Good luck. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.